It's the end of a life that represented a remarkable breach of an astounding number of people's trust. One prosecutor's statement regarding the death of now infamous Ponzi scheme artist Bernie Madoff. What began small left so many with nothing. Bernard, also known as Bernie Madoff, has died. The man arrested in 2008 for orchestrating the largest Ponzi scheme in history passed away behind bars early Wednesday morning. It began as a penny stock, but eventually became nearly $20 billion in stolen funds. Before the feds arrested him, he attempted suicide in 2008, but it didn't work. Two years later, his son Mark committed suicide. His only other son died of cancer in 2014. Death and destruction were left in his wake. A tragic life. Men like Bernie Madoff show us what humans are capable of. But Christ's love for us shows us his capacity to forgive. He loves us, and he's bringing us home. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called Heaven on Earth. Heaven, I'm in heaven. And my heart beats so that I can hardly see. And I seem to find the happiness I seek when we're out together dancing cheek to cheek. A number one hit from Fred Astaire back in 1935. Cheek to Cheek is the title. And this song was also in a movie that was called Top Hat from the same year where Hester danced with Ginger Rogers. It's heavenly to watch. The song was written by Irving Berlin and reflects a basic idea about heaven being a place where we find peace and happiness. Of course, the song says you'll find this heavenly feeling when you're dancing cheek to cheek with your love. But this week, we've been trying to better understand what the Bible really says about heaven and the afterlife. I know it's a topic that some want to avoid, But let me encourage you with this truth. The more we set our eyes on heaven, even better, the one who waits for us in heaven, the more we'll want to go be with Christ our Savior. No amount of heavenly songs or movies could make me want to stay in this fallen and broken down world. I want to talk about what followers of Christ truly have in store for them. And it begins with love. It ends in purity. And we find it in 1 John chapter 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father has lavished on us. And we'll also be joined later by my friend and author Elise Fitzpatrick, who's written one of the best books on heaven that I've ever read. It's called Home, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deepest Longings. And part of the reason this tops my list is because she never loses sight of the central truth that heaven is a place we want to go to. But guess what? It's not our final destination because heaven will come to earth when Jesus makes all things new. It'll be more beautiful than places like Hawaii or Yosemite or the Canadian Rockies, but it will be a place where we can call home because we will never feel alone again. God will be with us, with us for eternity. Now, doesn't that sound inviting? I want to send you a copy of Home by Elise Fitzpatrick. 
You need to read this encouraging book. And our number to call after the program and make your gift to the ministry and get the book is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit us online at our website, haventoday.org, and make your gift there. That web address, again, is haventoday.org. And a quick reminder, we still have the feature film called Risen on DVD for your gift as well. What will a Roman soldier do when he sees the man he crucified alive once again? It's inspiring. It's entertaining. It's a film for believers, but it will also speak to skeptics. I highly recommend Risen for you to enjoy and open doors for discussion about our risen Lord. Now let's get started with the Gettys, joined by Matt Papa. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone, Christ alone. What is our only confidence? That our souls to Him belong. Who holds our days within His hand? What comes apart? from his command and what will keep us to the end the love of Christ in which we stand oh sing Yeah. 
really the Gettys of the background, with Matt Papa singing up front, Christ, our hope in life and death, here at A Haven Today, and a program called Heaven on Earth. I'm Charles Morris. For many of us who have grown up in and around the church, the idea of heaven isn't just pie in the sky, it is also scary. One day, the time could come, Christ could return to take his people to heaven, and if we're not ready, we might be left behind. What would happen if Christ took his people to heaven and you were left behind? It is a real fear. I only need to mention Matthew 7 and those sobering words that Jesus spoke. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. The fear in our hearts wonders. What if that describes me? Our hope for heaven would be dashed in a moment. And everything we've done or wanted to do here on earth for the Lord would be lost. But there is a real fear that can creep into our hearts that we're going to miss out on heaven. This world is cruel. Disease and sickness can strike at any moment. Tragedy can upend our life with no regard for who we are. In the midst of all this brokenness, we find ourselves wondering if heaven can reach us down here where we are. And the good news is that it can, and that heaven has already come down. When Jesus was walking on this earth, he had one mission, redemption. He went from village to village, and town to town, and even the city of Jerusalem, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. He had come to bring the kingdom down, that heaven would break through the darkness and bring life and light to all who encountered him. But that's not all he did. Jesus healed sickness, and he cured the eyes of the blind and even raised the dead. He cast out demons, and all this, he said in Luke 11, was that so that people would know the kingdom of God had come upon them. When we find healing in the Lord's love, we've entered his kingdom, heaven on earth. It's not just about healing the body. It's spiritual healing as well. The demons oppressed people. They caused bodily ailments, yes, but they darkened the soul, too. And Christ heals both. And when we find spiritual healing in his name, we have come into heaven on earth. But there's still that fear, wouldn't you say? What if I miss out on something here? Well, I spoke with Elise Fitzpatrick recently, and I was able to ask her about missing out on leaving things undone in this life, and how we should think about that as believers in Christ. And here's what she told me. A few years ago, my husband Phil and I were vacationing in Zion National Park, which is a gorgeous, beautiful park in uh, Utah. And there is a river, I believe it's the Virgin River, that runs through the park. And you can do something at that river called walking up the narrows. 
you can walk up the narrows. Now I want you to understand that in this river, there are, it, it's a beautiful wide river, but there are on either side of the river, uh, granite walls that uh, shoot up the side of mountains, uh, who knows how many feet. And sometimes you can actually, you have to dress a certain way because the water can be cold and you're going to walk up the narrows. You get up to, you know, who knows how far, how many miles you can walk up. And you're walking in the middle of a river and on either side, the walls close in, but it's a really glorious thing to do. One year we went there and I found out about it, but we didn't have enough time to do it. So then the next year we went back and it was my plan to walk up the Narrows with Phil. But we got there and I had the flu and um, I was actually quite ill on the way over, but I thought, well, I can lay in bed in the hotel room and, you know, be just as sick as I am at home and maybe I'll get better and at least I'll be somewhere in Zion National Park. I was really sad that I didn't get to walk up the Narrows. And then I thought to myself, this is something I'm going to do on the new heavens and the new earth. So I was telling my grandson about it. I said, just think, Wes, sweetheart, you and I can walk up the Narrows. And then once we do it and we come back, we say, that was really great. Let's do it again. Because <laughs> J.K. Chesterton talks about this thing that we have now where we get bored with things once we've done them a couple of times, that won't happen anymore. We'll just be able to say again, again, and we'll be able to do it. You see, that's what God does. That's how come there's 80 bazillion different kinds of daisies. Because God looks at his creation, and he goes again, we'll be able to do the same thing. So I'm going to walk up the narrows, whatever that happens to look like on the new earth. And I won't have to worry about, you know, stubbing my toe or being old and not being able to make it. And then maybe I'll look at my grandson and I'll go, that was a blast. Let's do it again. The things we were unable to accomplish in this life, we will be able to return to in the new world to come. Elise Fitzpatrick, thank you for sharing with us that good news. Texts like Matthew 7 can really put fear in our hearts because they show us a possibility in the future that we will not be allowed to enter in. Maybe we're leaving things undone here, unaccomplished. Maybe the Lord will abandon us at the very end. But what Elise just shared with us should help us understand that if we are in Jesus Christ, we are already on the way. Maybe we will be able to do some things, like walk through the Narrows again in Zion National Park in heaven. Well, in Christ... Paul says in Ephesians 2, we have already been seated with him in the heavenly places. We're on the way. We don't know exactly what the bucket list will be, but I know we'll enjoy it. We are in God's kingdom here on earth until he makes this earth new again and part of his kingdom. And our faith, our hope in this eternal home should strengthen us to live our lives today and day by day, as we wait for his glorious return. It reminds me of a text in 1 John 3. John, who also wrote the Gospel of John, was writing to a group of Christians who were wondering how real Christ's coming actually was. There had been a split in their church. Some thought Jesus didn't really come in the flesh, that his work was merely spiritual or metaphorical even, and that was causing real problems. 
So John was writing not only to make it clear that Jesus really did walk this earth as a man, they heard him, touched him, saw him with their very own eyes, but he was writing to encourage them to remain faithful to Christ, holding on to the hope of heaven. Now listen to his words in 1 John chapter 3, the first three verses. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. It begins with love, and it ends in purity. This is the Christian life. It all starts with the Father lavishing his love upon us. In Christ, the Lord has left nothing to doubt. He loves us. He wants us. And he comes to get us. He makes us his beloved children. And there's one thing children do not do. Live in fear. They live their lives under their parents' loving eye, confident that they belong and that they are protected. Perfect love casts out fear. Something I need to remember, and I'm sure it's something you need to remember as well. What love the Father has lavished on us. And it is a love that sustains us through the world's opposition. But it's also a love that gives us the hope of a brand new world. What we will be has not yet been fully revealed. We're living our life in these broken bodies. We are looking to Jesus, and I hope you're trusting in him. But we are waiting with hope for a new world, when we will be made like him, because we will finally see him as he is. The things we have left undone, the things that we have done wrong, will all be made right when he returns. We'll be able to return to the Narrows, like Elise said. But more importantly, we'll be able to see Jesus. He'll even walk with us along the way. And this hope, this trust in Christ, leads us to purify ourselves here and now. Instead of instilling fear, we're instilled with confidence. We can step out into the world, and we can be the Lord's children without fear that we will be left behind, and without fear that we'll be told, depart from me. This is what it means to live heaven on earth. It means to set our minds on Jesus, our great high priest who cleanses us from all unrighteousness, all our sin, and to walk in this life as his beloved people. His love covers all our fears. His compassion reaches us to the depths of our sadness. It heals our anger, even our resentment. We find all of this and more in Christ alone. He will make us new, and we will walk with him in a brand new world. But the great news is that even now we can begin this journey. By faith, we can walk with him, and we can bear witness to the kingdom that is here even now. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength. My song, this cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought 
and storm, what heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when striving seems, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. On flesh, fullness of God in helpless pain, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones He came to save, till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was of In Christ Alone and the Solid Rock, sung for us by Travis Cottrell here on Haven Today. And I'm Charles Morris. You're in a series with me called Heaven on Earth. At the beginning of our time together, we heard an old Hollywood song that sang of heaven. And even today, as our culture grows more secular, we still hear many songs and see movies and TV shows about heaven. 
But sadly, so many of them just don't get it right. And even more tragic, Christians often have the wrong idea about what our life after this life will be like. And that's why we have for you Elise Fitzpatrick's book called Home, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deepest Longings. Elise has done a wonderful job looking at what the Bible teaches about heaven, and she's turned it into an uplifting and easy-to-read book. And it might surprise you to discover that heaven will be far more from just a boring place filled with white clouds and feathers and baby angels strumming on harps. As you read this encouraging book, it's my prayer that you'll grow more and more excited to see what the Lord has for all of his people in the afterlife. And this great hope is what inspires us to live for his glory today, knowing that no amount of suffering now will compare to the glory that is to come. Would you call us right now? Would you make a gift to this listener-supported ministry? But ask for the book called Home by Elise Fitzpatrick. Our number to call right now is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit us at haventoday.org. You can make your gift there and order the book as well. Our website again is haventoday.org. And just before we have to go, there's still time to get your copy of the feature film called Risen. This faith-inspiring film of a Roman soldier on a mission to discover whether Jesus rose from the dead or not is a must-watch for you. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when on Friday we'll share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. David opens Psalm 14 with a bang. Verse 1, the fool says in his heart there is no God. Verse 3, all have turned away. No one is good. No, not one. It's a sobering look at the world. But David wasn't talking about atheism. He was talking about something more sinister, harming others and thinking the Lord won't do anything about it. They devour my people as a feeding bread. Now that's sobering. There's nothing the enemy would like more than to devour us. And sometimes he uses others to do it. But in verse 7, the light pierces the darkness. Let Israel be glad, and we should be glad. The Lord has come, and he has saved us. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.